At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We continue betting across America here at Circus Sportsbook, presented by BetMGM Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. And that was a cool camera move. Did you see that to begin the show today? I did not. We are getting highfalutin here at Circa. I don't know the exact terms, push pull. Obviously, we. You know how that works. But it was like a slow and then a dissolve into you and I. Very dramatic effect to begin the three-hour show. It was a little disappointing in the previous segment, though. We were looking at ourselves. I wanted to see Femi and Wes. I did, too. Couldn't see him. But we they sounded great. Great job the last couple hours over at uh, Southland. Can I do one housekeeping thing before yeah. we get started? Can I just send a shout-out to Brian Ortega and his oh, mom, yes! Mrs. Ortega? Thank you for all the cookies. I Dave, I came in early today because I needed to grab some lunch. Yeah. I eat enough peanut butter cookies that I don't have to eat lunch. I had one of the uh, banana nut muffins. I don't like banana nut. It was delicious. That's when you know it's really good. I like banana muffins, but with the, everybody gets banana nut. Yeah. Who gets banana? <laughs> I'm a little bit particular that way. Uh, Mike Prano is going to join us here, hour number one from Mandalay Bay. We're going to talk to Annie McNeil in hour number two to talk a little hockey, which you and I are going to discuss here as that series feels like it has some life. And Sean Zarrillo is going to join us in hour number three from the Action Network to break down everything in Major League Baseball. But let's begin on the ice. And I, we mentioned it with, with Femi and Wes. And kudos to you, sir, last night for not just backing Tampa in game five, but backing Tampa down three games to one at eight to one. And I'm with you. The way you handicap that, and I know most people, and look, it still could end in six, certainly could end in seven back home in Colorado for the Fs. But the price point got to be too inflated for what you observed in the first four games. Absolutely. You bring up a great point. You look at game number one, uh, goes to overtime 4-3 in favor of the Avalanche on home ice. You expect that to a yeah. certain extent. Game two, dominant performance. Uh, they beat him by a touchdown. Game three, Tampa comes out. Their hair on fire. 6-2, Vasilevsky dominant. So were the Lightning. And then game four could have gone either way. I thought the bounce that Colorado got on their second goal to get things level was huge in their favor. And after that, um, it was smooth sailing. Uh, in, in obviously, coming back, you think, okay, we got to win just one out of the next three games. But I thought if Tampa steals game five, mm-hmm. I'm really confident they're going to win game six. Now, I will end up taking Colorado in game six on the money line okay. uh, just to kind of hedge my position. Sure. I don't want to lay the big juice so far with Colorado. And then we get to game seven. Pressure for, for this team in Colorado. You, you've got all the talent. You've got to win now. Tampa, been there, done that. Oh, man. This is nothing new. Best goaltender in the world. 
And, and again, last two games, even though they lost game four in overtime, right? Now you're playing, to me, stylistically, what Tampa wants to do. Slow it down. A couple unders have hit now yep. with the last couple games here. Vasilevsky, we're not in these wild, you know, 7 nothing games. And by the way, it was still bizarre they didn't pull him in that game. But maybe they found something there. Who knows? Because since then, even in losing game four, Vasilevsky's been so much better. Two goals, three goals, two goals. So all of a sudden now, you don't need five goals to win if you're Tampa. If, if Vasilevsky can hold the abs down in game six, and by the way, you saw the price point here for if you think the game, the series is going to go seven games minus $1.15. Well, let me do some math for you here. Right now, Tampa's a small home dog in game six. If you like the total games to be seven games, play Tampa at plus money in game six versus minus $1.15 for the series to go seven. Absolutely right. That's a great point. Very astute observation by you, and that that's crucial when you're looking at some of these. This is how you can be very profitable yes. in these scenarios. Look, I don't know if I'm going to win the Tampa 8-1, to one, but even if I do, I'm not going to win the full freight. A, a guy like me never is. Because you're going to chip. You, you know that there's going to be a spot here where you've got the best value at 8-1. to one. If it goes 7, you've got money in your pocket. just got to figure out the other way. So Mike and I are on the same side of this, Mike Palm and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to be more conservative in terms of hedging. I'll give you a perfect example. In game number four, I had Tampa. Start of the third period, you could have gotten Colorado plus 270. So now I took Colorado for a little bit more than 25% of my original wager just to mitigate my risk. Okay. And, um, you know, minimize it. I said, I still think Tampa's going to win. They don't end up winning. But I want to put myself in a position where I'm reducing some liability. Now, sometimes you say, well, you cut into profit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. But you know how many times you save yourself? You don't recall so many scenarios where it's so beneficial for you in terms of losses. And, you know, you've been around sports long enough. Anything can happen oh, in man. these games. I mean, how many times a do you A key see injury. It? We saw you go back to Draymond Green not, not being there for game six uh, when the Cavaliers yep. in that series. It changed the whole complexion when they were down 3-1, much like Tampa being down 3-1 here. And I mentioned the number there. It's minus $1.05, but still better value than minus $1.15 at BetMGM. Here at Circuit, the big board behind us, it is plus money, plus $1.09. So, again, shop around. So when you see some of these numbers for how many games you think the series is going to go, conversely, if you do think it's going to go seven, find the best number for Tampa that you can get. If it's better than minus $1.15, and right now, market-wide, it's better than a minus $1.15, you make a little bit more profit that way. When you look at this series, Dave, and you and I were talking about this before we came on air, and we talked about it with Femi and Wes, the series has been fairly level. It has. If you, you take away the goal differential, which right now, last two games, has been even. Tampa, plus four in game three, minus seven in game uh, two, and minus game uh, one. I mean, okay, so you sit there and say, okay, you have a four-goal differential. Mm-hmm. But still, at the end of the day, the series has been very tight. Three of the five games could have gone either oh, way. Yes. And so that's where I feel like now you come back here. If you're Colorado, I got to tell you right now, you've got to win this game. You're in a situation where you, you have to figure out a way to win game six, because now if you're traveling back to Denver, that team with that experience, oh, man. in my opinion, not only one of the best, the best coach in the ho- in national hockey league, but one of the best coaches in sports you know what I love about John Cooper? I know he was a little bit frustrated with the too many men on the ice call in, in game number five, or excuse me, game four. His disposition, never too high, never too low. And I admire guys like that because that's not me. Yeah. And, and you Oh, know, not me either. I'm going to fly off of the handle sometimes. It's exactly right? right. And so I respect guys like that. Yeah. You know, it's, I, that's why I'm a huge Joe Torre fan. When Joe Torre did the interview for game seven after they lost to the Arizona Diamondbacks, I did not know if I'm just watching the post game if Joe Torrey won or lost the World Series. That's exactly right. And look, Cooper, if that's animated Coop after game four, right, when he was like, I'm just, I'm not going to say it. I'm just, we're just going to take a day. Yeah. And then, and then he took the day and then said basically what he said. But like there was an old SNL bit, if you remember, when Michael Dukakis was running for president against George Bush. Mm-hmm. And uh, they played Michael Dukakis. If you remember him, he just, the, the, the knock on him was he had no emotion. Right. Right. And so he says, well, you know, I'm going to do the what's best for the American people. And I'm sorry if I got upset just now, but I get really angry sometimes. And frankly, I just want to apologize for that outburst. <laughs> like that's John Cooper. Like he never gets that upset about anything. So even Cooper and he was mad after what. What was too many men in the ice. But then I saw so many people that said, well, Tampa had too many men in the ice. Well, you can be X, you know, feet away, but you can't be that like, it is such a gray area in those things. And to me, it's like, 
if you don't have rules, you have anarchy. So if you're not going to enforce the rules, people take leeway with the rules. So I don't know where you stand on this whole controversy of Game 4, but I am so surprised that they were able to overcome that, go to Colorado, and win a nip-tuck survival game the way they did, coming on the heels of that controversy of Game 4. I'm not surprised in this sense. I think it was just frustration post-game. You know, you've been in locker rooms for people that are unaware. After the game ends, media... Cooling off There's period. a 10-minute cooling off period before there's access to the locker room. Sometimes it'll be a little bit longer. And, you know, this is an emotional game. You know, so many times for casual fans or people that may not have as much vested, you just kind of walk away, turn off the TV, and get on with your life. Um, you know, for a lot of players... And I always love it when the guys take it so hard. I, I never forget. Somebody asked the dumbest question in the history of sports. Mavericks get eliminated in the at the end of the regular season and um, or close to it. And this producer from Mavs Insider asked Vince Carter, why are you taking this loss so hard? I wanted to say to the guy, oh. I wanted to say, how do you have a job? Right. And, and, you know, they need that cooling off period. And I just thought um, when you look at it that – John Cooper was just expressing frustration. I did not think it should have been called. And the reason I hmm. say that is, and I look, full disclosure, I have Tampa, I need Tampa, and mm-hmm. I needed them to win the game. But the reason why my argument is that you can make, on the exchange, there are always six to seven guys on the ice within a certain... Well, that's the thing. There's a gray area of how far you can yeah. kind of get away from the actual line change. And maybe, because it's like it's like cherry picking and, and defense and basketball, yeah. where, you know, you kind of just... You're going to play five on four. And that's the that's the concept here is if you can kind of stretch that line change a little bit, maybe you get a little bit ahead of the pack here, and that leads to some open ice. But in overtime, the shifts are much quicker. Yep. The changes are much more frequent. So I think that happens, and I think that was part of the issue. I don't believe that's the reason they lost the game. You know, So for me, I'm not going to sit there and use that as an excuse, and I think Cooper's team rebounded very well. I'll tell you what, that's going to be a tough ticket in Tampa tomorrow night. That place is going to be fired up. And you talk about the biggest game, home game, probably in Denver sports history, Whoa. or at least since. Think about this, because when the Broncos won their Super Bowls, mm-hmm. they're not at home. No. And so now you're I think of those AFC title games. The, against the, the Browns? Yeah. Thanks for the reminder, Dave. Is that game? I mean, that's what I, that's what I mean, you know, thank, the thank fumble. You. I thought Ernest, Ernest Biner was in, by the way. Ernest Biner, I could uh Jeremiah Castile, right? This guy that knocked it away for the Broncos. Yeah. I've I watched it live, Dick Enberg. Oh my! What a call on NBC that day. I still can't believe he didn't get in, in the end zone and somehow fumbled that ball. And for, by the way, for, and we're getting on the officials a little bit. I know Tampa's getting on the officials. Cooper got on a little bit. Whether it was too many many days, we do this in sports society. For them to get that right in real speed, and they didn't have replay back then. Is amazing. I, I want to defend two things real quick here. I never get on the officials for one particular reason. I think they have one of the toughest jobs, right? Like they're like an insurance company or a bank. You don't know how good or bad one is until you have a problem. True. And to me, I think the fact that people get on officials in the professional ranks, it filters down to the collegiate level into youth sports. And that's why you don't see so many officials there. I think it's a big problem. I don't have any kids. So if youth sports goes away, I'm not crying. All I'm saying to you is the reality of it is these people are not being paid a ton of money to volunteer their time and go do this. And the way they're treated is absolutely absurd. I think people should be a lot more considerate in how quick the game moves. Agreed. I will also say this. I was one hell of an intramural softball umpire. When we come back, craziness ensued. And I mean craziness in the betting market before the NBA draft. We'll discuss when you come back with us. Betting Across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We continue betting across America here at Circus Sportsbook. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. And again, I really just love the, the camera move that we did. So I'm, I'm imploring our people. I want to see that again before the show's over. It was fantastic. You didn't even notice it. I did not, Dave. I, it's a cool, like, it's a wide, it shows Circa and all the numbers and the people watching all the sporting events like we are, as I watch Xander Shoffley. I thought you were going to say we are Penn State. And I'm, I told you in the break, I'm a little bit mad at myself again. One, that I didn't take Tampa at 8-1 to one like you did. Two, I didn't play Xander Shoffley this week, who's got a three-shot lead right now at the, uh, the Travelers up there in Hartford, Connecticut. Who Could have got him 20 to 1. Who just missed that putt? Uh, Patrick Kentley. I'm glad he did since he's being sponsored by Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Kid doesn't kidding, have enough I'm money. <laughs> what if Goldman Sachs decided to, to, to be the sponsor of the show? Would you wear a hat then? I, you, I probably have. I, I, I would. I, I shouldn't criticize that. I have a couple of friends that work there still. <laughs> I'm sure they're doing all right. Yeah, they are. Let's talk about some of your A-listers here before we get to your uh, rookie, rookie of the Year candidates after what we saw in the NBA draft. And, and I... Detailed it a little bit going to break how just the calamity Jane aspect of the draft and the craziness that ensued. And it all started obviously when Woj put out his Woj bombs from ESPN on Twitter. Cause every, you know, this real life, it's all on Twitter. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he basically puts out how this is going to go and Smith's going to go one and, you know, Ben is going to go three, I believe right. and, and all this stuff. And then of course, Ben goes one, and it was almost like the steam was still going right. opposite of what Woj was tweeting. Sure. So you have these insiders, and Wojnarowski is an insider. There's no other way to describe that. Why he would say such things, I don't know. But it, it did feel like a, almost like Vegas versus the insiders, and Vegas won. Well, you know, I, I think, first of all, if you are Orlando... I think it was a really close race between all three players. I don't think it's anything, you know, that should come as that much of a surprise. I didn't realize the numbers had gotten so out of whack, and I just think it was simply a bet on the number. This was not a scenario where you had a player of, like, Shaquille O'Neal's caliber or, you know, somebody that was just so far ahead of the curve that you thought, oh, my gosh, Palo Bancaro going number one. It wasn't like when Bennett, uh, Michael Bennett, the kid out of UNLV, went number one with the Cavaliers. How'd that work out? Yeah, Ben Ben Carroll was a guy that I think you had to strongly consider when you look at his size, his ability to shoot the ball from the perimeter, everything. I I don't think it's like that much of a shock. It could have been Holmgren, could have been uh, Jabari Smith. I thought Smith would go number one just simply because when I look at his shooting potential in Mm -hmm. a game with his floor spread out, I think he's got tremendous upside. But I don't even actually think any of those three guys are going to be the best players in this draft. Whoa. Who do you think it's going to be? I hate to say it because our producer, Elliot, is a huge Purdue guy, but I'm going with Jaden Ivey. Think about this, okay? Jaden Ivey is a bigger, and keep this in mind when I'm going to say this, more athletic John Morant. Whoa. Okay, bigger, yes. Six more four. athletic than John Morant? You know, people confuse athleticism just with sim- simply with the ability to leap. 
and jump, right? And handles. He handles. I'll give him that. But Jaden Ivey is a guy. You know, here's my criticism of John Morant. Terrific player, but when he's not in the lineup, they're, they had a tremendous record. Yep. And I think too many times when he's on the floor, they get caught ball watching him play 1v5. And I'm not saying he's a Kyrie Irving where he's a ball hog, but I think that Jaw's a terrific player, but they've got some pretty good players around him. You look at Jaron Jackson was the number four overall pick. Mm-hmm. Desmond Bain has emerged nicely for this team. Uh, Dylan Brooks, the kid out of Oregon, has also been consistent. But Jaden Ivey, with the way the NBA game is, he is a one-on-one type of player. I think he's going to flat-out flourish. He can shoot the ball. He's improved his three-point shooting from his freshman year to his sophomore year. In Detroit, with that backcourt of Cade Cunningham, you let Cade be ball-dominant. Oh, you let Ivey play off the ball. I think this guy could be a potential huge threat at the two. You know, and I, I like where your head's at there. Plus 6-1 to one right now. If you think that Ivey can go ahead and be Rookie of the Year, I'm with you. I, I did tweet, and I remember doing this during the NCAA tournament, that, you know, Ben Carroll, when I was watching him at Duke, even in the loss, I just went, this is the best player I've seen in college basketball. Like, you could see how much he grew in the NCAA tournament. Where Ivy, you could almost feel like he was being held back in the NCAA tournament. It is weird what the tournament does. Because for two guys that obviously both lottery picks, top five picks, one guy really started to take off when the, when the lights were the brightest. And I'm not saying that Ivy took a step back. But it almost felt like against St. Peter's, you're like, what, what, how are you not dominating this game? And that would be my one concern, but I'm with you. The situation that he goes to in Detroit is fantastic for Ivy. I, I love the argument you gave, and I think it's one that scouts use frequently. And I think it's one of the most absurd and overused arguments in, in the NBA draft. The NCAA tournament. Is, yeah. Yep. You know, a guy played well for two, three games all of a sudden. He did. You know, Caleb Love was tremendous. I was looking at next year's draft board. He's not even anywhere in the top 30. Right. Uh, Peyton Watson for UCLA. If you ask the average person who didn't follow the Pac-12 or don't follow recruiting, they wouldn't know who this kid mm-hmm. is. Uh, I think he's from Long Beach Poly. And, you know, to me, he ends up in the first round. People are looking at their programs going, who is this guy? And so, so many times I think there's too much credit given based on two or three performances. To me, I want to see the entire body of the work. He played in a competitive league. Keegan Murray goes in the first round. you got Johnny Davis going in the first round. I know Kofi Coburn didn't get drafted, but he's a big man in there. Yeah. Creates some problems. EJ Liddell goes in the second round. Could have been a first round. Malachi Brandon goes in the first round. you got Trace Jackson Davis in Indiana. He has played in a competitive league. I think he has been one of the best players. And I just think there are certain guys whose game is tailor-made for a certain uh kind of style, and I think Jaden Ivey's game with the way this floor is spread out in the NBA is ideal for it. Kevin Durant, uh, when he wasn't tweeting at Charles Barkley, <laughs> did tweet out that it's it's a wings league, right? When I look at your A-listers here for 2022-2023, Roy, Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. I see a lot of wings. I see a lot of guys that, you know, even, even Holmgren, yes. which is going to be an interesting, is he a three? Is he a four? Is he going to play the five? Like, you know, we're in this era of positionless basketball. Yes. Like, I don't even know if I call Steph, Steph Curry a point guard. He's he's guard. He's, he's a, I like that. Right? right. He's yeah. a guard. So, like, I look at a lot of these players and I go, are they threes? Are they fours? Are they twos? Does it really matter? Because they're all going to be kind of like Jason Tatum's, where maybe give, give me the ball on the wing and let me go to work. Jason Tatum, to me, is the ideal three. Um, you look at, I think, Jaden Ivey is a two, in my opinion. I think... What is Palo Bancaro? Is he a three or is he a four? Right? Feels like he's going to be a three. Yeah. But he's got the size to be a four. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? The, the, you do have these tweeners, but tweeners back in the day was like, oh, cautionary tale. Got a guy in between positions. Now, it doesn't feel like that's a cautionary tale. Real quick, I want to give everyone that list. It was uh, Jabari Smith, Palo Bancaro, mm-hmm. Chet Holmgren. Um, Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. and. Bancaro's three to one, Smith three and a half to one, Holmgren plus four seventy five, Ivy six to one, and Murray nine to one. I'm going to tell you a guy who I think could also have a tremendous rookie year is Keegan Murray. Yeah. Keegan Murray can score the basketball. I know he struggled in that game where Iowa got beat. I forgot who they lost to in the tournament, but if you look at it, this guy was prolific all year long scoring the basketball. He can shoot the ball from the perimeter. He can put the ball on the floor. He's another guy who I think can flourish. And the other thing that I like about Keegan Murray is I like his background. His dad went to Iowa. I believe he played football at Iowa. I could be mistaken, or it might have been basketball. But I love his disposition. I, I think this kid's going to do very well as a pro. I, I think he's a guy that's going to be focused. I, I think he's going to excel. He can shoot the ball very well. Um, I, to me, I look at Ivy and Murray as your two choices for Rookie of the Year. And the reason is because I think all five of these teams are going to have their issues. But I think these guys are really going to flourish in the NBA game. Not saying that Ben Carroll and Smith and Holmgren won't. I, I just feel like it's a little bit more challenging when you're a big man having to play against more physical guys. These guys are all fairly skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I think Ivy and Murray can really flourish scoring the ball. Let's go back not that long ago to one of the more iconic NBA drafts, and that's when the T-Wolves had back-to-back picks at five and six. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some point guards that you might remember that were in that draft, right? You're going to say Johnny Flynn? Well, Johnny Flynn was there. Ricky Rubio was this kid coming out of Spain that nobody really knew about, but people loved him. Like, there was hype about Ricky Rubio, right? You talk about the tournaments and sometimes how the perception of a tournament can alter the way GMs and scouts view a player. The great Johnny Flynn played in one of the more iconic Big East tournament games of all time, the six-overtime game against UConn, right? He was the most valuable player of that Big East tournament, right? I remember distinctly when the T-Wolves were up and they had two point guards. They needed a point guard. They drafted two of them. And they said, you know what? I'm going to take a shot at not only this kid out of Spain, Ricky Rubio, but I'll take the sure thing in Johnny Flynn. And then Steph Curry went seven to Golden State. Well, Steph could shoot the basketball, but I understand the criticism going against him from a scouting standpoint. Would he be able to get a shot off? I got to tell you right now, I forget the fact that Steph's turned into one of the greatest players of all time, but I want to go back to Johnny Flynn. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm making that pick, I make that Johnny Flynn draft pick 100 out of 100 times. I thought Johnny Flynn at Syracuse was going to be an absolute stud. So could, did I. Could not be more wrong in terms of how his career we turned out. We were wrong. But, Dave, I, I got to tell you, he was tremendous. I, I thought he was so good. He could handle the basketball. He could distribute the basketball. He could knock down the three-point shot. I thought he was going to be a guy. The only concern I had, he was like 6'1", and maybe that might have been a little bit generous. But for the most part, I said, this kid's going to flourish. It just didn't work out. Is there any Steph Curry's here? My point being that they're overlooking somebody, and you know we're going to look back in a couple of years and go, how did you pass on X at 7, 8, 9? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you who I think is going to be a tremendous scorer is Malachi Branham, yeah. just because of his size. I'm a Johnny Flynn stand, I guess. I mean, I just I, I thought, wow, T-Wolves. Here go two point guards. Who does that? They did. They just got the wrong one. Three point guards in a row. They had two picks, and they didn't get Steph Curry. That's going to sting the nostrils. When we come back, let's talk a little NFL and how it might affect some of your future wagers as we get closer and closer to football season. Yes, speak it into existence. Come on back, Betting Across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We continue betting across America. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous downtown Las Vegas. Just to put a bow on the conversation we had in the last block. And I do love your A-listers here for potential rookies of the year in the NBA. And we were just kind of kidding around like, hey, you look back at the T-Wolves draft. And I don't know that there's a Steph Curry. I mean, you don't find Steph Curry's who arguably now they're having the conversation of top 10 all time in the history of the league at seven. Right? That normally... Doesn't happen, right? So if you go back to that draft, which we were do- doing with the T-Wolves, it was hard to identify that Steph would be somebody that's now got four rings, uh, finals MVP, you know, two without Durant, two with Durant, because everybody looked at Durant. So yeah, this kid's got worldly talent. We get it. There's nobody in this draft, really, that qualifies outside of the top six, five, that you go, yeah, those guys, I see it. They all have potential to be superstars in this league, right? But is there anybody that really goes, that's a Steph Curry, that's a guy they missed? Well, I, I think Malachi Branham, not, I'm not saying he's going to be Steph Curry. I mean, but I think the way he's a scorer with his size, playing for Greg Popovich, I think he's got a chance to be really special. You know, he was a guy who went to Ohio State. They, they had no thought he was going to the NBA. And then all of a sudden, coming to conference play, goes out and scores like 35 in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, this guy can get a shot. He can knock down shots. He can really do some things. And I think that makes him a much more dangerous guy. You know, the one thing that was funny, I was texting somebody last night about, I forgot who they mentioned to me, some player. And I said, you know, the NBA and the NCAA might as well be two different sports. It's yeah. like college football and college basketball to a certain extent, right? You see great players, and the average fan gets enamored with a Johnny Manziel. You know, when you throw that ball in the triple coverage against Alabama and just because AM catches it, it's still a terrible play. But people go, they look at the result instead of necessarily what happened, and that's why they see that. And I think when you look in the uh, collegiate ranks, there are certain players, college stymies their ability, right? Yes. You, you have zones, you have. Ivy kind yeah, of feels like that, I, right? Look, Matt Painter's a good regular season coach, 
but his teams never flourish. They always fail. It, it's it's tradition at Purdue, right? Gene Cady never got to a Final Four. Right. Matt Painter keeping the tradition alive, wow. having the best team in the Big Ten every year. We can't get it wow. done. Um, but I think Jaden Ivey's the guy you're going to look back and go, okay, when you look at what this guy can do with athleticism, here's the other thing I'd point out. Um, I think his dad played basketball in the city of Detroit. Yeah. I don't, and, and then his mom's the head coach at Notre Dame. So I think there's two factors that are there that many players don't bring to the table. And I think this is what applies to Steph and Clay. They're the sons of former players, coach players, Huge. similar, interchangeable, Huge. coachable. Um, they understand the work ethic it takes. I, I think all those things are a factor. And I think Jade Nivey has got a chance to be really, really special. Elliot Bowman, our producer, I just looked at him when you were taking those cheap shots at Matt. Not, not cheap, just shots at Matt Painter, I would say. And he's just shaking his head. Just well, shaking his head. Uh, by the way, Malachi Branham, by the way, 50-1 to 1 to be Roy. I, it's not a bad play. Uh, by the way, real quick, if I may defend myself, it's not shots when it's based in fact. That's what I said. Not, not cheap shots. No. It's just, they're shots. No, they're not shots. They're not shots. No, no, no. The, the bullet holes were already there. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so we'll see how that all plays out. By the way, very quickly, we mentioned uh, Vancaro was the number one pick. If we could show uh, the, the picture one more time, because I wonder if you were an exec and you knew he was going to wear that suit, would that have deterred you from making him the number one pick? No, but I'm going to tell you right now, based on the chain alone, I would. I said, you know what? This guy better ball because he's going to need to make up for the uh, – for, you can't sell the PB. How many? What are you selling that to, Skippy? That will not stand the test of time. I say this all the time. <laughs> that suit – will not stand the test of time. And I know kids today are going to go, man, what are you talking about? Man, that thing is money. It is so fresh and so clean, clean. No, it's not good. Uh, and I, it's not going to look good in 20 years. I thought based on that suit, you you know, somebody looked back and say, oh, did he play at the University of Washington where he probably right. should have gone up in well, Seattle. You dub, I, I get Yeah. <laughs> it's just kids, kids these days. Uh, let's talk about the NFL a little bit. And I think the big news this week was Rob Gronkowski's retiring. Air quotes. I don't know if he really is, but I do wonder how that affects your view. We've talked a little bit about Tampa Bay and certainly with the Lightning and what they're doing. And we all kind of look at Brady. This is the swan song. This is the absolute only play you can make to win the division down in the south. They're going to be on the short list to, to get out of the NFC, which does not feel as daunting a task as it does the AFC, certainly the AFC West, and how good that division looks. But the Gronk news... I think just everybody assumed, hey, Brady's coming back. It's like Anchorman. You get out the, the seashell and you, you make the noise and everybody, you know, gets together. The boys get back together. One, do you buy this retirement, even though I don't like two-part questions? Two, does it change the way you look at the Bucks at all from the futures market? Uh, it changes a little bit. I, sorry, I took the second part first because I think Gronk, he's a guy that I appreciated as his career progressed. You know, one thing with Gronk, if you notice – you only tackle him if you get him below the knees. You're not bringing him down if you go thigh high or if you try to go at the waist or above the sh you know, his shoulders. He's so strong and so big. I mean, it's unbelievable you look at some of these guys like him. Um, I think there's a couple of factors. One, Gronk plays a completely different position than Tom Brady. You know, I I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady's greatness, but the way the rules of the game are mm -hmm. today, if Tom Brady was playing his entire career from 1985 to 2005, I don't think he plays 20-plus years. Because some of those shots... Oh, Brett, the Brett Favre era. I mean, good the Lord. Troy Aikman, all these oh guys, the God. shots that they took. I think it helps nowadays that if you come within, you know, the area code of the quarterback, you might get flagged. LeVar Arrington ended Troy Aikman's career with a play now that gets put in football jail. Yeah. Back then, this is, I think you got a penalty and you play on. But, like, never played again. I mean, you hit guys back then at the boundary high. You can't do that today. Brady couldn't. Brady's not a guy that's going to run away from a lot of trouble like Elway had to do in the yeah. 80s, right? The mobile quarterback. Even Joe Montana, people forget because they look in precision passer. Montana can move a little bit in the pocket, yeah. right? So you've got to have that. Now, without Gronk there, I saw a stat. Since Brady and Gronk got together in Tampa, just in Tampa, do you know how many red zone interceptions Brady's thrown? No. Zero. I think he threw, like, what, one in, in New England? Gronk is such a safety and trusted valve for him that he, whether it's to Gronk or not, he makes the right read because he knows Gronk's going to be there if this if play A goes away, option B is going to be there. Without option B, I wonder if we're going to see some red zone mistakes out of Tom Brady because that security blanket doesn't mean you utilize him. I believe it's 48 touchdowns, no picks wow. in that area. Think of that. He just doesn't make those mistakes in the red zone and big part of the reason is the trust factor of Gronk either blocking 
Gronk where he's, being where he's going to be, that might be able to utilize Mike Evans and other guys, Godwin, you name it, even uh, Cameron Brait. Because I know at the end of the day, if there's any trouble in any of my reads, the last read, if it is the last read, Gronk will be my safety valve. Absolutely. And I don't believe Gronk's going to come back. Uh, the other reason is because the health factor. He's made enough money. I think Gronk's a guy, when young people that are, say, 10, 12, 15 years old now look back in 20 years, they're going to see Gronk as a television personality. They're, they're not even going to know him for football. I think he's going to be a star on TV. You're right. And I think he's saying, you know what? He lives in Marquis in Miami, okay? And I can tell you right now, life is pretty good living over there. And it, it's, it's a good place to be. And he's got enough money. Why go through this hassle? You know, there, there's a chance they can get back to the Super Bowl. But I tell you, people don't realize how hard it is to keep yourself ready physically and then get ready during the season and to go through those 17 weeks now. Uh, it's, it's tough. It is. I think it surprised a lot of people. And again, the way, because it's Gronk, the way he tweeted it out made it sound like maybe he'll be back. You just don't know. Maybe he misses part of the season. The one thing I think that Gronk has proven, that if this is just Gronk not wanting to go to training camp again, which, by the way, he didn't need to retire if that's all he wanted to do. Correct. That's what the I'm Bucks saying. The would have said, fine. Yeah, exactly. But like, he has proven he can get off the couch and probably be dependable. You know, we saw a broke down Gronk, right? We saw yeah. it at the, in New England. And when he took a – remember, he's already taken a full year off. Yeah. And then came back. And, he, you know, remember the Super Bowl against Kansas City. A couple touchdowns. Dominant player. So this is a Hall of Famer. The other thing that's just amazing to me when I was really looking at this this week is Tom Brady – before they got Gronk in New England in 2010, Tom Brady had already won three Super Bowls, and I believe it had already been to four. He'd already done half of his career right. without Gronk. Yeah. Like people always marry Gronk and Brady together. Brady had a whole Hall of Fame career before Gronk. So the greatness of Gronk is yes, but I do not like the argument of, oh, Brady needs, it has to be Gronk. It might need to be that in 2022. It was not that for an entire decade of the 2000s. I hadn't heard that argument before. The only thing I would say if people wanted to argue was in the first three Super Bowls, it was that defense doing a lot of work for New England. But they put up points uh, outside of the St. Louis game yeah. against Carolina. They put up 20-plus. Yeah. Against the Eagles, they put up 20-plus. And they had to. It, those games were really nip-tuck. If you remember, those are field goal games. Right. So Brady got that offense going, but they were more known for the defense to get him there. No, absolutely. And uh, I think, obviously, you'll miss him because of what he's capable of. I, I wish Gronk had the full health yeah. and was really able to play in an offense where they kind of did some different things because I, I really think, you know, they talk about Tony Gonzalez, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He's been a great tight end. But to me, Gronk is as difficult of a matchup. And I get Travis Kelsey and Kittle and these guys, but nobody can tackle Gronk. They can all bring these other guys down. Well, and Gronk could block. Yeah. Right? Some of these other guys we're talking about were not blockers. Correct. Gronk could play the position. As Apollo said to Rocky at the end of Rocky Three, it's too bad we got to get old. <laughs> Just keep punching Apollo. When we come back, Mike Peronio is going to join the program. He'll be over at Mandalay Bay. Come on back. It's Betting Across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is Sports Betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager in the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 Gambler. Back alongside Amal Shaw, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America here on VEASAN. Again, I look up as we're keeping an eye on the golf here uh, going on right now. And uh, Xander Shaw plays still with a three-shot lead here midway through round number three. But I look up at the USFL and very quickly, Herschel Walker and the Philadelphia Stars up. No, no. Herschel was with the New Jersey Generals. Correct. Herschel's Generals are down 3 nothing to the Philadelphia Stars, which had... Do you remember any of the old was it was it Kelvin Bryant, I believe, was the running back? Oh no, I didn't really want Boy, I'm old. Three nothing right now, but a dead under it was looking like so far, at least in that first half. Uh, let's get over to our guy Mike Pranio over at Mandalay Bay. Does a great job there as a sportsbook manager. Mike, great to have you here on a Saturday. I, let's start there with the USFL. I know it's June. I know the NFL is king. Do you guys take a lot of action on USFL games, or how has it been overall in year number one for the USFL 2.0? Yeah, it's uh, it's not that good. Uh, CFL just started too, but it, you know they're in the semifinals now, so it's playoff time. It's a little more action than before, and and uh, actually on some of my radio shows they they actually asked me to give an opinion on uh, USFL. So hmm. I've been kind of following it. It's it's been uh, interesting. Although I don't want to get political or anything if Herschel's involved. So, <laughs> yeah. um, tell you one thing, Mike, it's been a great sport to bet the under on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just looked at a parlay ticket from yesterday, must have been a good day in the baseball to bet the under because I oh. got a $100 parlay that paid 16 grand that they Ooh. had on my desk this morning. So, a little bit of a surprise. Every, every bet was under in a baseball game. <laughs> you, you'd be correct, except for one game which I had went over. Wow. The Mets and the Marlins. That's the only one. But that, technically, he, he left it off, so he he was pretty smart. I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Mike, we were talking about it, Amal and I, the craziness that ensued with the NBA draft, and you know, it felt like you know the sharps. Obviously, we saw the numbers being changed dramatically in the 24 hours uh, leading up to the NBA draft, and we saw a lot of the quote-unquote experts around the NBA. They're tweeting things out like, "Hey, it's going to be Smith number one," and. Blah, blah, blah. How did you guys make out, and how did you kind of block out a lot of the noise and go with the numbers that you felt the, the, the smartest about with all that smoke out there? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, any kind of draft, whether it's NFL or NBA, it's something we have to be real careful. And I know I praise their our bed MGM traders all the time, but these guys are on it, and they're very good at what they do. We stopped taking wagers on the draft Wednesday afternoon with uh, – I think he started at nine to one, Benchero, and went closed at plus two sixty. I think so. Uh, but we had a lot of early money on Smith, Jabari, and 
we didn't really take any big wagers on uh, Ben Shero. So uh, we ended up doing pretty good on that. But you are exposed a little bit on these crazy uh, draft things, whether it's football or basketball. Uh, it's interesting. And uh, as we get closer to having an NBA team, we're probably going to have be more involved in those type of bets, at least out in Nevada. Mike, are you a little bit surprised that Palo Bancaro got that high simply because I thought the argument could have been made that any one of these three guys are going number one overall. I didn't feel like this is like, you know, Shaquille O'Neal or some player of that caliber where it was just everybody knew who you're taking number one or Patrick Ewing, the best example I can remember. Yeah, I mean, we did really well actually on the on the draft, which uh, didn't take a lot of action. But uh, the, we, as we closed the wagering well before the rumors started getting crazy, but you guys are 100 percent right. I mean, the rumors and and if you know if you're just a casual better and you hear something or see something, you start firing away. Uh, you you got to take a little heartbeat, a little rest, and make sure what you're reading and what you're seeing is uh, actually fact or if it's just uh, the crazy Internet. Yeah, and Mike, you're seeing uh, Ben Fox, what he tweeted out here about how basically the markets were right, Woj was wrong, and how this is going to reverberate in the industry for a while here. And you made the point about taking down the wagers a day before, and I know uh, with the NFL draft, we here at Visa, and we are really trying to implore that to everybody. Hey, if you come out here on draft night, you can't make a wager legally in Las Vegas, certainly for the NFL draft. You mentioned an NBA team and the prospects, how that could change. Is that why you guys do take it down a day earlier? It, it feels like a, a smart safeguard because with all the craziness that can ensue 24 hours before a draft. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, ethically, you know, sports books, uh, and, you know, it might seem like an oxymoron, but sports books are highly ethical. We're the people that report any kind of possible fixes. The the, the fixes that they found were because Nevada found out about them and reported them. So, uh, for example, Arizona State. So mm-hmm. uh, we do a lot of our uh, work and keep things up and above board. So uh, the draft, it's just not uh, it's not just profits for us. I mean, we could keep it up. But you guys both know that when it, when it's in Vegas and there's a hundred people with ties to the teams from every team here, uh, someone's going to know more than us, and it's just something we have to keep an eye on. Uh, and we shut it off not just because we we're afraid of getting hurt, but if someone has an unfair advantage, it's not fair to the people that are betting and maybe don't have that same information. Yeah, I'm actually surprised to a certain extent certain things that are voted on or you know a selection yeah. that there's actually wagering available on that because I feel like. That's certain uh, pertinent information you might be able to derive as an outsider and come in and make a wager based on that information. Yeah, and, and again, you're right. It's, uh, there's gaming commissions in every state. If they just fall in Nevada, where we've been doing it for so many years, they might be ahead of the game rather than try doing their own stuff. Uh, we just don't take wagers like that, uh, and there's a reason. If some, if it's voted on, uh, you know, people come up and ask if they can bet sur- Survivor. I go, yeah, that was taped like eight months ago. <laughs> You know, we're not going to put lines up on that. And if we did, even if we made money, if we put up lines to take advantage of people, that's not ethical either. So it's a two-way street, and Nevada's the, the king of being ethical. Yeah, I'm still amazed by that, that people are like, Mike, can you can you give me a number here? On that? No, that, that event happened four months ago. Uh, Mike, let's talk about events still going on. That's the Stanley Cup Finals here. And I, I didn't know that we'd be talking hockey today, but uh, Tampa Bay is still alive and kicking here as they win Game 5. What are you seeing for Game 6 so far? far pretty pretty close line here uh before we get to game six down in tampa and uh, are you guys rooting one way or the other here in the series overall yeah i mean we still uh, you know we've talked about this over the weeks coming into this that uh you know the avalanche are a bad were bad for us and so it's uh you know as bad as not quite as bad as golden state but it's evened up a little bit it's not a big decision uh, both decisions are minor, but Tampa's a winner for us, and the Avalanche is obviously a loser. Uh, but last night was a good win for us, and uh, that was a key uh, to extending this series, and uh, it may be extended until football season if they keep taking time between games. So uh, almost a point of ridiculous, to be honest with you. Well, i got to defend the NHL. They only had the one three days in between. The, the NBA the, the NBA, I mean, I'm, su- I'm surprised we've gotten game two of the NBA Finals in before. August. 
<laughs> well, it's travel time, and as you know, hockey, they take covered wagons. So it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. right about that. But you're right, Mike. It does feel like, look, we love the NBA uh, playoffs and certainly the NHL playoffs, but it does feel like it takes a long time to get to A to Z to finish this off. Uh, we'll find out if we get a winner down in Tampa in Game 6 or extend this back to Game 7. Uh, very quickly, we mentioned the unders uh, and, and how that's kind of been uh, trendy, at least yesterday, in Major League Baseball. Uh, Mike, what are you seeing? Are, are people still hopping in on, like, are they buying in fully on the Yankees and Mets here as the favorites, maybe to win the American League and the National League? Yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> it's typical uh, for every parlay to have the Yankees and the Mets in them. So uh, it, we need one of those days where both teams lose or at least split to, to make parlays on a, on a regular basis. And uh, Although you're seeing uh, the Yankees stumbling a little bit finally. I, it looked like they may break the record by a lot of games for most wins in the season. But it seems like even the Mets are struggling. The scary thing is the Mets are going to get back to maybe the better pitchers in baseball, and and they're not even playing right now. If I'm not mistaken, they've got two guys coming up here shortly that yep. are, you know, pretty much aces on any other team. And and look at what they've done so far. So as much as the publicity the Yankees are getting, I think the Mets, if they get pitching back, uh, they might even be better. It's uh, hopefully we can get one of these uh, Subway series. Maybe it'd be a, it'd be fun. Well, Mike, you got a chance to win against the Bombers today. They don't have a hit through eight innings. Down 2 nothing as they play the ninth inning against the Strohs. Wow. Hey, Mike, really appreciate it as always, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your sports betting Saturday. We'll catch up with you again next week. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. There Thank he is, you. Mike Brownie, of Racing Sportsbook Manager over at Mandalay Bay. You mentioned the Yankees. No hits through eight. Strohs up 2 nothing. so Mike might be liking that if the Yankees come out on the wrong side today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got much more to get to as we begin hour number two when you come back with us. Betting Across America here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Here's the At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.